Hey there, good buddies. Welcome to a very special episode of the Jordan Jane Buddies podcast. Um, it's a little bit different. I am actually a guest on another podcast called Star Lab, Star Labs uh, Confidential. Um, he's actually um, on YouTube, so if you go over to his YouTube page, um, I think it was like, it's not Star Labs Confidential, it's something else, but <laughs> there will be a link to the video in the, you know, in the, the, the bottom little description down there. <laughs> Sorry, this is kind of all, I'm just, you know, going doing a little intro here real quick. Um, so yeah, you can see see my, my beautiful mug in the video version. Uh, this is just audio for, for my listeners. So enjoy the, the conversation. I had a lot of fun with it. And uh, here it is. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Star Labs Confidential. For today's guest, I have Instagram artist Jordan James here. As for today's topic, we're going to be going over both the short film Batman Dying is Easy and the Snyder Cut of Justice League. Well, yeah, I'm excited to talk about them. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And uh, of course, and I'm also uh, recording onto my podcast. This will be featured there too. It's called Jordan J and Buddies, by the way. <laughs> and for all you viewers, make sure to check, check out his po- podcast for more content. Yes, and all those listening to mine, be sure and head over to his YouTube channel and same thing. <laughs> More content there. Uh, there is. Right, so uh, been, uh, I'm a little bit nervous. I'm not not used to doing video, and so you know, I'm looking a little, little rough. <laughs> I'm just joking. I, I always look this bad. <laughs> no, I know. No, wor- no worries there. I mean, I get sometimes I get nervous too, even after it's my fifth or fourth time doing on video. It's, oh yeah, it's a practice. Maybe I'll get used to it, and we'll start doing video too. because <laughs> um, basically, anyone can, I mean, everyone's doing that with podcasts nowadays since COVID. Like whether it's on YouTube or Spotify. Or... Oh yeah, yeah, it's probably the easier, and you can get a little, a lot more guests probably. Yeah, a, li- a little re- recent, recent times. Mm-hmm. So, what are your thoughts with how the Snyder Cut has been handled since Thursday? Um, I actually, it is, it's a, such a different movie. <laughs> it is, it's totally, everything is, it's, you know, it, it's just blows my mind how, how much of it was changed, how much of it he put back in. And it very is, uh, very much is a Zack Snyder movie now. You can really tell he has all his visual style and, uh, writing and it just yeah it just feels like a Zack Snyder movie now whereas before you know you can really tell it just felt really kind of bland and cartoony I don't know how to explain the original Joss Whedon one but yeah I wasn't a big fan of it <laughs> I was okay with it when it first came out but then I was like oh no no not upon viewing again I was changing my mind yeah I know like when I first saw it I was like finally a uh, more lighthearted DC thing because it doesn't have to always be such dark and grim, especially with the colors. But yeah, after like like for you, after the first time I saw it, when I saw it again, I was like, okay, this is not really what I was hoping for. Because I don't know if you grew up with the Just League TV series, but I did, and just it didn't have the same kind of um, feel to it, at least back then. Back then, anyway. Yeah, I mean that's exactly what I because I when I first walked out of it, I was like, I kind of felt like it, but then yeah, again watching it again, I was like, but it doesn't have that Justice League feel. It just felt so disconnected and and uh, boring, <laughs> and it's like, oh, this is a superhero team up movie. Why? Why is it? Why am I bored with it? But you know, now we have this good old Snyder cut. I'm surprised that happened. It's really cool. Yeah, that just shows the power of what the fan movements can do do for any, anyone these days. Oh yeah, it's, it's interesting. So I mean, yeah, it's interesting to see their their kind of their uh, people's. Are taking to it a lot better. I think everyone feels like the characters are now more fleshed out. The the story has time to kind of breathe, and of course, it's a four hour <laughs> epic movie. So, yeah, but it it really didn't feel like it. In all honesty, like you know, about an hour in, we maybe paused it because we're like, oh, we somebody had to do something. But maybe, but then after that, two hours, three hours went by, and we paused it again. It's like, oh wow, it's already almost over. So, <laughs> yeah, it really flew, and it, it's interesting. Yeah, I'm glad they put in those chapter markers. So this way, if you don't, if you can or don't or have the time to really go through 
at once so you can like you know set aside you need to like take care of like some errands or chores or dinner or, or anything else yeah yeah we were like i was contemplating whether we should just do two hours thursday night and then two hours friday because i had to work again the next day but i was like yeah i'll just push through and, and check out the whole thing it was worth it De definitely because i i'll admit i wasn't so crazy about how there was a lot of slow motion stuff but that section i was not style really but yeah with, with the flash scenes it does work because we get to see like you know what's it like through his viewpoint when he goes when he uses his speed as well as from the viewpoint of the people he saves or fights yeah i mean it was a lot cooler to see flash kind of utilizing his power more as opposed to you know what he was in in whedon's where he was a little more scared and didn't know how to do anything this one he was a part of the team <laughs> and it was it was cool to see yeah i'm glad they didn't have the whole like i just push people and run away yeah it was, it was yeah like i like how they changed a lot of that weird humor that felt super out of place uh there's still humor in it but it was it felt a little more organic i guess yeah he's not he's actually more competent and knows a lot a little more science and doesn't resort to like using references like pet cemetery yeah yeah it was definitely you know there are people who are going to view it as oh well, Zack Snyder they're not the biggest fan of him or you know they don't like his style they don't like it he's more a visual director as opposed to you know straightforward you know traditional or anything like that so it's going to be interesting to see people talk about it a little more uh you know I haven't really I've avoided you know listening to anybody else's opinion on it yet just because kind of want to give my own first and then get into it a little more and see what people think and of course I'm waiting for my other my my friend who does the podcast with me see what he thinks of it yeah I, I mean i've seen a few of people's other reviews so far it's been more positive oh yeah that's good yeah, there's hardly it's... anyone that's been negative toward towards it i mean maybe a few crit official critics but hmm. that's, that's kind of nit nitpicky people maybe <laughs> oh i i avoid critics by the way i, I don't really pay attention to them and <laughs> as much anymore I'll, I'll tune in every now and then, but I just kind of have, you know, moved to more commentators and fans, I guess. Yeah, I, li I listen to more like with the YouTube uh, critics, so to speak, like not like the uh, official ones from like the New, New, York or New Yorker or something. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of hard to get them from, from those ones because they, they're a little more, I don't know how to, I just, I don't know, they're, they're, their opinion is valid. But it's it seems more, it's it's different when you're getting paid to say it. I guess, I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you pretty much hit the nail on the head. Hmm. So I mean, yeah, I mean, so what were your thoughts on the the movie altogether? That was it was definitely more enjoyable because I think my I liked that we had more developed characters on both for the heroes and the villains. Because before, oh yeah. Because before with Steppenwolf, it was just some guy who wanted to take over just because and all this talk about like to honor mother. Mother when he came to it with the boxes and stuff. Like he was mm. saying that every time he was on screen. <laughs> like, are they trying to make him like a mama's boy or something? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was he was definitely uh much more maniacal and kind of an actual threat. I mean, it seemed like but yeah, with the first one he was I don't know, he, he seemed kind of jokey and not all that scary. This one, he's a little more. Well, of course, his look altogether is more intimidating. Oh yeah, especially with the armor. Oh yeah. So I thought that was really cool that they did that and that they connected him more to the dark side. And that was cool to see, baby dark side, and then you know a little more grown up dark side. Yeah, it shows that he's not completely unbeatable. At least not in that flashback. I'm glad they they fleshed it out and there was like no cutaway to. Bruce and Diana just walking outside because I feel like that's not something you just take outside. That's probably something that's definitely just staying in the back cave. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot more, you know, a lot more to the story and uh, I'm glad he got to tell all of it. Um, and it's, uh, uh, sorry, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> but it's, 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 it's a good, um, it's just, yeah, it's so different. Uh, that's the only way I can think of it, and I do. I'd enjoyed it a lot more 
coming out of it. Like I said, it, it felt like a breeze, four hours. But you know, of course, if you're going to go into it, be sure and understand that it is four hours. So. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I, I don't think I could sit four hours at a movie th movie theater, but. That's the good thing with streaming service. You have no limits of how long you want to make it or or what kind of content you want to produce. Yeah. And, you know, you can binge all of it, you know, the Netflix way or wait week to week like uh, Disney Plus and then or this one, you know, however you wanted to chop it up. I guess you could have an hour here, an hour there, 30 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it reminds me kind of like with the Batman Returns movie where it was... Burton was like fully unleashed his uh, what's the word I'm looking for like his his style so to speak it was like more so of a style than any other movie that came out afterwards in that movie oh yeah okay yeah yeah I get what you mean yeah, I felt like for the Snyder Cut this is Zack Snyder fully unleashed with all of his styles with the visuals with the slow motion the music yeah yeah even the music and I'm glad that for the music it's a lot more memorable, especially with the main theme. It's like actually a theme because I don't think for Danny Elfman's take on the music, there was an actual theme to it. Yeah, I mean, it was, I don't think there was either. I mean, it was generic, kind of like hero music, and then that's about it. <laughs> yeah, besides that, just hearing uh, just his take on the Batman theme from, from Tim Burton's take, as well as uh, the Superman theme, as well from Christopher Reed, but that was, that was about it. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was just um, the, the first one, the Whedon one, it, it felt really more like they were just scrambling and trying to please fans in any way they could without you know, paying attention to the story or where everything was going. Whereas this one also, it pleased the fans with a lot of, you know, the uh, content that was in it already and then stuff he added in more. Uh, and then it's just, it's, it's a better story. <laughs> It's a better flow to it. Especially with Cyborg, because now I can see why Ray Fisher was pissed of how the Whedon cut was handled, <laughs> because we, I mean, we got to hear about Cyborg's origins through dialogue, but to actually see it, like how, what he went through, what he, where he was before, it, it just really flushed him out as a character. It was before he's just a moody guy that's halfway through, he just starts saying like his famous famous line at the end oh yeah yeah all of a sudden he kind of was like oh well let me let me actually be a part of this that's kind of how everyone felt it was just like all right i guess we got to do this team up thing but now we're in you know the snyder cut it felt like they all had their separate stories and now they're realizing oh this is a pretty big threat we probably should help each other and batman had more of a role in also bringing everyone together i still wish they didn't hype up so much the superman aspect of it like being that they all ultimately needed him all together but i'm guessing that's just kind of how it was, always was with their story yeah i mean i guess it pays you to the comics where where he did die but then eventually he did yeah. come back because of um i think with those other superman at least this i think the star one he was going renegade so someone had to mm. stop him oh yeah yeah so yeah it was it's cool for me though i think uh, Zack Snyder, I think he did uh, with this one and also with like Batman vs Superman was he really uh, tends to kind of cram a lot of things in, <laughs> especially towards after the, you know, the epilogue, we get a bunch of the, you know, the original, almost the original, like, uh, hidden credit scenes, first one with Lex Luthor and uh, Deathstroke, and then, uh, mm -hmm. of course, now the, the extended nightmare sequence, well, not extended, but a different part of it, but uh, yeah, he's just... Sometimes it's just like too much. It's like, uh, throw a little hints at it, you know, maybe. But maybe it was just like, oh, maybe after this one I'm done. So he just want to put everything out there. Yeah, I think so. Because, I mean, he, he says he's hoping for to do more if the response is fully positive, especially with HBO Max. If yeah. In theaters. But we'll, we'll see what happens. Because if we get to see more of his storytelling through here, then that, that'd be great. But I do agree he did put a little too much but I can kind of see why, because when you look at it with the MCU, like, to understand by the time you get to Endgame, you have to watch, like, a good majority of all those films, and that can be hard yeah. to run by, especially because not all of them are, like, you know, hit successes. Yeah. Because, like, for Thor, yeah, I, totally I get remember that. 
Because, like, for Thor, I remember mostly just the first and the third one. Because, like, the third one was probably the best Thor movie I have seen out of the three. Yeah, I mean, I definitely, I, I guess I can see it that way, too. It's it's probably better that they, they you know, approached it differently, too. And then saying, oh, well, it's just exactly like the MCU. We had to wait for every character to have a movie. And then finally we have to team up. It's, it, it was good to see them kind of was before it seemed rushed and now it seems like it they were able to kind of put together this more coherent and uh better like more digestible story yeah plus i the writers or producers probably thought that with dc because we're familiar with these characters through the justly tv series as well as with the um the arrowverse mostly with flat with flash we wouldn't need necessarily a movie for certain characters because DC is known primarily for a lot of their an animated stuff as well, and more of their TV productions. So, I guess we thought yeah, cut corners with that. Yep, yeah. I mean they did. You know the 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 main. Well, I guess two of the main ones. Batman kind of had a story in Batman vs Superman, but it would have been cool to see. You know the Ben Affleck um, directed movie, but that's I don't know where that's at now. Seems like he's kind of done. Yeah, I'm not sure where they're going with that because the way they teased it up at the end with uh, Luthor and and Deathstroke, there might have been some something there, but who knows? Yeah. If the response is still positive, then maybe we get something with uh, Joe Manganiello as Deathstroke for a solo movie, or at least maybe something on HBO Max with uh, him and Affleck together. Yeah, I think that that HBO Max really helps them to to you know help them create maybe like a series or something not as big you know as big a scale so they can kind of cut back on money because i know that's probably the main thing that they're concerned about um but yeah uh, what did you think of the uh like aquaman's story was I think it was a little more was a little more to it <laughs> than him kind of being like, oh i don't like my you know this half or that half i'm just here that's how i felt in the whedon one to me I think it fleshed out a little bit more. I mean, I, I wouldn't say it wasn't that much of a difference between the two cuts, but at least through here, we get to see like um, him fight against Steppenwolf at the Atlantean base guard in the mother box. Because mm -hmm. I feel like Steppenwolf's the kind of guy that would just kill anyone in his way. So I feel like he would he would have killed Mira if she got too much in his way, which he almost did, if not for Arthur. And I like that we got to see um, Volko as to like where he got the tri trident as well as I think the armor because I think I saw the armor on one scene I think when he was when he dropped the trident. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was right there, and he also threw it down the, on the with the trident. Yeah, I mean I think it was, there was more motivation for him, whereas before it just everything felt really disjointed when he showed up in the Whedon uh, cut, and then in this one he kind of there's more that he was able to kind of like connect him to everything as to why he's doing what he's doing, why he's going to go help. And uh, yeah. I think that that's just with everybody. And no fish jokes either. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. I like every time a scene would come up to like when, whenever they're like about to have one of those jokes, it's like, no, no. Okay, good. They took it out. <laughs> oh goodness. I'm glad. That's one thing I, I'm 50, 50 about how they handle things. Like in, both Whedon and the Sire Cut, when it came to how for Atlantis to talk, they just create an air bubble underwater. But then for yeah. the Aquaman movie, they just talk underwater most most of the time. They, I mean, I think there are some places where where there's air, where there's air like inside the ships or so. But they it looks like they can talk underwater. I don't know if it's due to like having more of a budget to be able to to do so or not. Yeah, yeah, I didn't get that either. Because then like. Well, then, like, um, Mira was, like, communicating with one of the guards, like, through, like, what sounded like dolphin squeaks <laughs> or something. I think, you yeah. know, she just kind of, maybe she was just a signal to him. But, yeah. So, yeah, I always thought, thought that was weird that they had to do the air air bubble thing. I guess it's probably, like, a budget issue because with everything that they had to do with, uh, with the backgrounds, Cyborg, and Flash's speed, I guess they had to do something with um, making sure there'd be, like, an air bubble, I guess. Yeah. So uh, we'll get into a, a bit of a spoiler here with the uh, uh, character reveal <laughs> of uh, Martian Manhunter just showing up. And I was like, what? I remember that happened. I was like, 
okay, come on now. <laughs> That's amazing. I know. It's like when I first saw like the, um, I think it was like a sketch sketchbook that came out when they, I think sometime after when they announced the Star Cut, I was like, they were really going to bring in Marshy Manhunter. So that, so it was like, no wonder there was posters before about Unite the Seven. Because I think yeah. the seventh would be Green Lantern or so. Mm -hmm. but no, it would have been cool if he, if he showed up too but I was like to see him transform and it's like eh, you know the CGI is a little wonky but still it's like it's just so cool to know that oh yeah he is you know that, that kind of fan theory of the general being him in disguise and it was true <laughs> for the moment from what we could tell maybe he wasn't he was just using him as a yeah it, it's kid. cool that they employed a tactic from the Supergirl standpoint with Martian Manhunter because in that show, he was disguised as Hank Henshaw, like a leader of the DEO, which hmm. is quite a funny turn because Hank Henshaw supposedly becomes Cyborg Superman. And for combo fans, they probably figure, okay, this guy is going to be like an evil. But then when we saw the reveal that he's not, he's actually helping Supergirl as sort of like a step uncle. It's like, okay, this, this is actually pretty cool. And even his... Uh, his uh, Martian form is actually not that bad either, as far as for a TV show budget. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've, I haven't seen Supergirl. I, I kind of tuned out of the TV shows <laughs> for a little while. So, uh, but I have seen, you know, of course, stills of it. And I was like, oh, yeah, it doesn't look too bad. I mean, for, you know, yeah, for TV. So. Still, I would, still, that was pretty cool, the fact that he has a bigger role. Because it makes sense. Because I think from Man of Steel, uh, one of those women soldiers... Uh, one of her last names, I think it said, um, I forgot the last name. I think that was supposed to be uh, the love interest for Hal Jordan. I forgot her name. It was, uh, yeah, I can't help spells. Carol something, yeah. Carol something, because I know I think I saw like her last, the last name there on, on the, on her uniform. Yeah. I can't, I'm trying to think of it too. Carol Star? No, something Star, something. I don't know. I have to look it up. We'll, yeah, we'll figure it out. This is a lot. Yeah, all in all, it's. This is a little, it was think a, of, uh, the joke of the Joker, like how he was portrayed. Um, a little bit better. I don't know. It, it's still hard to kind of tell. So much of his stuff is cut from you know Suicide Squad, and then to this, it's. Um, I definitely like their like seeing their dynamic. Batman and Joker. Um, I think if it was in a little more traditional setting, maybe see that. But I don't know. Like it's that one's still kind of marinating with me. I'm trying to figure figure it out. And you know, I'm not sure if I want to sit through the four hours again, or maybe just go to that and see how I feel about it. But yeah, I can't give you a full you know, breakdown of what I thought of it. Yeah, it was. It was definitely different than Suicide Squad because, for one, I'm actually glad that he doesn't have all those like tattoos all over his face. Or yeah, <laughs> it's just weird because, especially after seeing Joaquin Phoenix's take on on the Joker, it's kind of funny how they just went back with Jared Leto in this case. Yeah, and I think they were just like, "Oh, you know what? That movie is. We were just going to remain separate," which I kind of like. I like that they're not really including him too much, you know, in. Uh, of the DC kind of universe that they're building, the movie universe. Um, but yeah, it, it's he. Well, yeah, he definitely looks better. Um, but beyond that, I you know I can't really. I don't know. I guess I wasn't like you know blown away by it. I thought it was okay. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, same. Because it was definitely interesting, especially with Batman's threat to him that whenever this is finished, that like, he will actually kill him. Like that's. Okay, wow, that's I think it's probably the darkest interaction those two probably have ever had. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's it's a lot of tension there, you can tell. And it, it was pretty cool to see. Because I remember seeing in a oh, oh sorry. Somebody oh. just rang the doorbell here. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No worries. But it makes you wonder because supposedly at some point with Batman's character, he had no problem with killing criminals and stuff. And it makes you wonder. How has a Joker survived? Because I feel like if Batman really did like forget about his uh, no kill rule and stuff, then the Joker would definitely be on for, among the first on the chopping block. Yeah, I think he. Would, I don't know. Maybe in Batman vs Superman, he was just kind of 
just starting, you know, the, the, oh, well, I'm just going to mow down criminals now. <laughs> and so he didn't really get to, you know, get to that point before he met Superman of like, oh, well, I should stop killing people and be a little more how I used to be. But, you know, Joker still has that ability to get under his skin, it seems like, so. <laughs> oh, yeah. Get naked. And like you said, they're like, he's his best friend. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, that was a very dark interaction between them. And, uh, interesting. Uh, one thing I didn't, I didn't really care for in the whole movie, but not didn't care for it, it's just kind of unnecessary, was, like, all the, the blood splatters. It was like, it didn't really need it, but it didn't add to it. It didn't take away. I was just kind of like, eh, I don't know why that's there. Some of it looks really fake, and it's like, is it just to make it more violent? I don't know. I think that adding stuff like that for the sake of adding it isn't, it's really not something I... I I notice it, but I just also like, eh, it's weird. Yeah, yeah so for the ones I noticed, it's mostly, I think, with, um, I think with the Sebel's first fight with the um, Amazons, yeah, there was more, a little more blood. Yeah. And uh, when Wonder Woman was taking out, like, the, the guards and stuff, or not the guards, the bad guys at the, wherever she was, museum or whatever it was. Oh, yeah. So he's like, proper. yeah, she, like, chucked them into the wall, and there's, like, a giant blood spot there. It's like, oh, all right, but, you know. <laughs> Yeah, like that was a little yeah. much. I figured she had more restraint, but uh, I think Zack Snyder's quote, like, you know, these, some of these people are actually like demigods. So, like, for anyone else to fight with them, it's basically like you're a goner. Yeah, pretty much. So maybe she was, maybe that was her, her holding back a little bit and it's still, still pretty brutal. brutal. Still, I think for the leader, he's definitely not alive. After yeah. The, the little, boom. <laughs> Where was it in the, the, the original one? He's just like tied up, or like they're like tied up or something. Yeah, I think so. Or like, I'm trying to think. Cause I think after she did did her thing in the weeding cut, like they just transitioned to some to someone else. Mm. I, think, I think either like back to Bruce or I think or with Barry, one one of the two. Hmm. Yeah, I don't remember it. I was thinking as I should have watched that one first so I can really kind of compare them. But it's it's hard it's hard to watch the the weeding one. <laughs> <laughs> Well, at least it's not as long. Oh yeah, a little, a little bit easier to, to get through, I guess. But uh, so, Superman stuff. What did we think of the, his, yeah. his uh, lack of CGI around his face? <laughs> yeah, for that one, I'm glad that um, they stuck with the original scenes shot with, shot with him because, I think, at first I didn't see it as a too noticeable know so much but then when i started watching i could see it on that opening sequence when he was talking to those kids and i guess a few scenes from when he was just resurrected resurre stuff but, hmm. but I'm yeah glad that, i'm glad that they didn't have like that cringy line with the whole like where he was repeating batman's thing about like do you bleed oh yeah oh and then batman's you know little zinger at the end yep something's broken or whatever he says he's like oh really batman would not say that he's all about like holding in the pain yeah especially in front of superheroes yeah and i like that you know lois lane was there you know she had a reason to be there she kind of kept going back and then she was already kind of in the area as opposed to like oh well batman called her that was kind of cool but i think it's a little more a little more flow to it where she's just kind of in, was alerted to it agreed yeah that was that was a lot better because it was Kind of like a contradictory since she was there to to um, let go and move on just as he was about to be res resurrected. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's good. <laughs> that was good stuff there. Yeah, and I like that no matter what version you see, his fight with the Flash is probably one of the best scenes in the movie. Yeah, just yeah. Um, I'm glad that stayed in the or that was the original Flash's kind of reactions to him being as fast like you know as fast as him. I know, it's, it's like good, deer in the headlights. <laughs> yeah. It's still. So, yeah. Uh, that that's that whole sequence is actually pretty good. You know, seeing him, you know, how strong he is and that he, oh, he just took down, you know, the Justice League members kind of pretty easily. Yeah, it just, it just shows how dangerous he is if he doesn't have all of his morals intact. Yeah. And I like that, you know, it, it kind of took a little bit longer for him to figure out, okay, yeah. Like I like with the scene at the farm where he's like looking at, it, he's like, I used to like like it here, or love it here, 
or she used to love it here. And then he's like, oh, I loved it here. So like, oh, that's cool. That's cool to see him kind of, you know, coming to a little more as opposed to him just being like, oh, I guess I'm, a, I'm you know, good. Yeah, like there's more of a buildup of him trying to reconnect and uh, recollect his memories. Yeah. And plus, at least not after seeing that scene, then people can definitely know that but he's not wearing just like a muscle muscle suit, muscle suit when he's uh, in costume. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I thought there would be more to the the, uh, the black suit because you know he had a regular suit in the ship and he just kind of passed it. And I thought there would be more to like as to why he chose it as you know. But I think it was just more fan service. Yeah, probably because you raise a good point because there was. Cause he was passing through like a, I think a different variation of the color suit, but then he just randomly picked it back on. It was probably just because you know with the whole death of Superman, and I think he mm. just like started wanting to have like the mullet as well <laughs> in the comic. Yeah, oh no, but the I'm 90s mullet. He, I'm glad he didn't, because I don't know how that would look. Yeah, it would have looked well. It would have looked like he had a a mustache, and they had to CGI it off. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm glad they didn't go that that far with it. Although they could have just done like maybe a Witcher style since he's in that show as well. Yeah. Hmm. Either way, it was the black suit. I think that's probably one of, one of his best looking suits here. And he was definitely dominating. But I'm glad that that just because Superman was there, it wasn't a guaranteed victory. Yeah. Yeah, it was a lot more, more of a team effort for them to to defeat Steppenwolf. And and uh, yeah, they, they ended him pretty brutally too. <laughs> And it was really cool. Oh yeah, I'm glad it wasn't the whole like you know like like I'll get you again as I'm exiting. <laughs> yeah, there's like not he's not coming back. Yeah, and I liked how it kind of initially ended where the bad guys actually won initially, but luckily thanks to Flash reversing time, they managed to undo that. Yeah, yeah, that was crazy. He was just like, oh, we gotta break my rule, and seeing him kind of like reverse every oh, man, that was so cool. Because it was just cool to see Flash utilizing more of his powers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's one thing I liked. Because I don't know if you watched much of the show, but I feel like with the show Flash, it's always about like that there's some bad guy or something that make that is faster than him. He's always complaining about like you know I gotta be faster, faster. But with this movie, he's already the fastest uh, speedster there is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the show. I think they, they, because it's a series, they probably have to like, oh, well, he needs to just get better over time. But this one, it was like, oh, well, he's just already that. He just needs to learn to probably, you know, harness it in different ways or however he's got to, you know, perfect it. Um, I was hoping for, for yellow lightning <laughs> to show up, but I guess, you know, he just wanted to stick with the blue. Just, this is pretty cool. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe with uh, his solo movie coming up, I think next year, we'll, maybe we'll see a change of light the lightning bolts or so yeah i thought because you know he was going a lot faster in the reversing time that's when it would change that you know because he was going faster but my my hopes were were dashed with that one. Oh well but what do you think of how uh dark side was presented here for the brief time we see we see him uh i thought he was very intimidating <laughs> pretty scary i'm the guy doing the voice i don't know if he did motion capture for two or just the voice work but Man, they nailed it. I thought he was, you know, that big and kind of intimidating force. And seeing, you know, a quick flash of what he was going to do. Um, I can't remember who, who did the, that sequence or who triggered that. But seeing his Omega Beam and, like, underwater, just like, man, oh, yeah, that guy's was, a threat. Uh, I think that was Cyborg when he was ready to um, start the process for him being resurrected. Somehow, I think with the Kryptonian ship, he was able to see oh, into yeah. the future what ha of what would happen later on okay yeah yeah okay but yeah I, I thought he was he was you know well done i think that's the kind of the dark side that we we know and that we're hoping that we get more of <laughs> yeah i think dc's next step should definitely be a new god's uh central kind of movie so we see a little more of apocalypse and maybe even new genesis yeah yeah that'd be interesting to, to kind of you know go along with that, go into the, the celestial realm of things now. now that they've kind of had their, their Earth story. <laughs> yeah, ho 
Yeah, because on because honestly, I would definitely like to see more of of this dark side, more of like what could be at stake for the league, and if there's gonna be more members after Jean, especially with um the other scientists that was um Ryan Choi, I think it was. Because mm -hmm. in the comics, he's the second Adam. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't even know that. <laughs> I was like, this guy probably is, is somebody I can't either remember or I can't put my finger on. But yeah, he's probably somebody else. So, hmm. Yeah. Interesting. So, so we'll see what happens because I think his position is a director of nanotechnology. Oh, okay. Yeah. And that's what he got at the end of the movie. Okay. Cool. Well, yeah, it'd be cool, cooler to see them kind of doing a. Like, I think they have to do the the, you know, the MCU formula of building now the even bigger team to take down the even bigger threat. So I think that'd be cool to see. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. But so far, it looks like they're just kind of creating like a movie multiverse, so to speak, with the Joker and this other, and the other Batman film with Robert Pattinson. Yeah. And then, you know, uh, with Flash showing up in the TV show, or Ezra Miller's Flash showing up in the TV show. Mm hmm. Well, who knows? Like, if in the Flash movie, just like some kind of Flashpoint or something, who knows? Maybe he might do a reset or something with mer merging everything. Oh yeah. So that, that's I think that's where I tuned out of the the TV series because like, oh, we're doing Flashpoint, and it was like three episodes, and I was like, oh, that's such a cool story. <laughs> so I think not that's even, when I stopped watching. Not even three episodes. It was all just yeah. in one episode, like where he's in his dream dream life essentially then at the end of it he just reset it and it's all just like trying to i guess lit live things back to normal but with some things changed yeah yeah that was the other thing too it was like oh well tiny little things change whereas the other one was like it completely changed the whole dc universe so this was like oh well now he has a daughter or what's his name had a daughter instead of a son or something like that yeah that was a diggle because like yeah, because he had a, a daughter named Sarah, but then was changed to uh, uh, John Dickel Jr. But luckily, mm. after the Crisis crossover, it kind of reverted back, but where he has both kids. Oh, okay. oh. <laughs> yeah, I haven't caught up on those, so. Basically, Oliver kind of fixed everything. Oh, okay. But yeah, I liked Arrow for a while. Anyway, yeah. uh... So the, yeah, that's our general thoughts on, on the Snyder Cut. And I think we we both very much enjoyed it. I don't want to speak for you, but <laughs> I enjoyed it a lot. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. And I I don't know if I could watch it for a full out four hours again, but yeah, definitely some parts I definitely like to revisit. The one thing is, so I have taken out is maybe a few scenes I feel like don't really add much, as well as maybe some of that like chanting whenever Wonder Woman's on screen because I felt like. I get they're trying to be cultural to like I don't know with if Greeks do that chanting, but I feel like not every time she makes an entrance. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's cool that like at first when that the newer kind of music mixed in with her old kind of theme or her original theme from the movies, but then yeah after a while I was like all right, tone it down a little bit, <laughs> calm down, we get it. But yeah, but definitely that was pretty good. So as far as for. Batman and Joker interactions. What do you think of that short film, Dying is Easy? So, I mean, it being a fan film, it's like, man, this is quality stuff here. <laughs> it was, oh, yeah. I mean, just uh, so to, to talk about, real, you know, more of the production side of things, the suits look great, the locations are good. Some of the green screen stuff is, you know, it's green screen, but still, it's like, oh, man, they did a lot to, you know, to put into this. And uh, it is more story heavy more kind of dialogue and I, I i enjoyed it i thought you know they did a great job of of being like hey this is the batman universe this is gotham it's gritty and there's uh you know hallway heels through with all the the villains in there and i thought that was really cool it's a very interesting short and I, I enjoyed it a lot yeah i'm glad there was at least some action there but i do appreciate that this was more of um psychological drama i guess with the burning question that's always comes around in terms of like, you know, what's going to happen when it's finally their last confrontation between Batman and Joker? Like, will it be some grand fight or something secret? Because it's been handled so many t other times, like with, with uh, the Arkham franchise, Dark Knight Returns. 
me see. Uh, Return, uh, the Return of the Joker in the in the flashback sequence. Hmm. Even like kind of like the Killing Joke, because oh, yeah. it ends on that ambiguous way. It's like, huh? Did he kill him? What happened? Oh yeah, that too. But that's what I like about this story because it just it ponders like you know what's gonna happen when that finally happens, at least for like DC main timeline, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean they've been at it forever. <laughs> it doesn't seem like you know Heath Ledger's Joker probably said it. You know, I think we're destined to do this for forever or for eternity. But yeah, it's 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 definitely a, a yeah dialogue heavy. But it's when the action does hit, it felt very much like a um, the uh, warehouse scene from Batman vs Superman. A lot more of a, a brawling scene. That's cool. Oh yeah, definitely. Especially when you if you when you seen like all their superpower beatdowns, like they definitely know what they're doing with with the choreography. Yeah, yeah, it was really good. See some kind of a uh, little bit of cameos there. I don't know. Uh, I, I didn't realize it at first, but it was Casper Van Dien as a uh, Jim Gordon. It's like, oh, that's pretty cool. They got him to do a little little scene there. The guy from uh, Starship Troopers. Nice. I because I was. He looked a little familiar. I wasn't sure who it was exactly because they definitely had a, a lot of char characters in this film more than I, I thought there would be. Yeah. Yeah, as brief as they were, they were still, you know, I think they nailed each character down, you know, pretty well. I didn't really like the way I, I, nobody has done a good Killer Croc yet. <laughs> and then, then these guys, like, no, like, not take it away from it. I think they still did a great job with costuming and everything. It's, it's amazing, but it's, I think it's a hard character for anybody that nail probably i didn't like the one suicide squad either but yeah no no this is causing that bad i mean at least it was the cg that was actually um actual like makeup and stuff yeah i mean that that's props to them and to these guys you know for for doing that you know taking the time to as brief as his what's his i don't know anyway i just i guess that he's just a character that's a little difficult to to uh kind of bring out for something like this for suicide squad he just felt really out of place i don't know <laughs> uh like i i enjoy i enjoy that they did his makeup really well but i just that movie i didn't really like either but that's something else <laughs> altogether yeah no, no worries i mean that that, that one's okay too like it, it had some good moments but it's just i'm just that's not really much my cup of tea either like i there are better stories which i'm hoping we'll we'll see something more with the new one coming out yeah yeah yeah, yeah. definitely but uh yeah back to the the uh, dying is easy um it's it was i thought it was because i looked at it as oh 25 minutes it's a lot longer than i was expecting to be okay let me same thing with snyder it, it flew by <laughs> and i visually i definitely really liked it they nailed down that that gotham look and feel oh, it was yeah. really cool yeah, cause especially I, I even uh, donated some money for oh, this fan film because because they had like I would really want to see a, a really good uh, Batman fan film that's not really connected to like any established universe or so just just something that's just Batman. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I this like literally like I think a couple of days before you asked me to like do this podcast and talk things and we talk about this movie, I had just seen it pop up in like my. Uh, my YouTube recommended stuff. It's like, oh, I'll start watching it. And I didn't finish watching it until you, like you said, you want to talk about it. It's like, oh, I better finish it. <laughs> and I'm glad I did. It was, it was really good. Yeah, because the Joker actor there, um, Aaron, Aaron, I can not pronounce his last name right, but he's also the director for this film. Like, he did a really good job as Joker. Yeah, I think, yeah, they definitely good dyna dynamic there. Um, a lot to it. And I think to be in that character for that long, even for like, you know, for the, what seemed like a short time for him for, for like being on screen. Still, he did a great job and believable. Yeah, even for his smile, like he can do that naturally. There's no need for like the uh, prosthetic, the, I forget, I forget what it's called, but they had Jack Nicholson put on something to have that stretched smile. Yeah. But this guy, he can do it naturally. <laughs> yeah, that's always good. That's why people are always doing like, oh, well, Willem Dafoe should have been Joker because he's got that that ability too. Oh god, seeing all those like fan, fan arts and trying to look like the um, Arkham Joker. Yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, it does work. I mean, who knows? Maybe for Briar Pattinson's Batman, he can be the Joker. Yeah, maybe that. Uh, or he'll just, you know, we'll, we'll see the three Jokers <laughs> and be one of them. That that'll be a crazy story to adapt. Yeah. But what do you think of the for the Batman actor Kevin Porter in the uh, Dying Is Easy? Oh man, he's good. Like he looked like Batman. The guy is big and intimidating. It's, it's like that's not a, a Batman you'd want to mess with. So like I I've haven't seen like I know that they're there and I've seen uh the, the the production company even ask they didn't ask me to design anything for them, but they asked I had put up a picture of I think it was Ben Affleck's Batman in like a dark alleyway and they're like, Hey, that's cool, can we send us that? It's like, okay. <laughs> but um um I had known about it. Uh, Kevin Porter as Batman, and yeah, like he's he's got the look down. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. I think he's pro- I think he's probably like the, one of the few people that looks like the character like right out of the comic book, both like in costume and out of costume. Yeah, yeah. I didn't we didn't see any uh, him as Bruce Wayne, but yeah, I would imagine that he probably cleans up pretty well. <laughs> Yeah, because if you look at their first short film, uh, City of Scars, it's they did a pretty good job for I think for their first short film because I think it definitely won a few awards at the time, and that was I think two years before The Dark Knight Rises came out. Hmm. Yeah, I know they've been around for a little while, but I have to check that one out too. I think I just saw it on my recommended. Yeah, it, it's it's definitely an interesting stories that focuses on Batman Joker, but. It's more, I guess, a mis- more of a mystery kind of thing. Hmm. No idea. I'm a little glad I was able to watch it. Yeah, but still, with this one, it's just crazy how, uh, spoiler alert, that Batman actually just poisoned Joker just to get him to confess of the crime he committed with those three missing police officers. Yeah. I was like, man, this guy's a little more, a little more extreme, but like, yeah, he went through great lengths to just do uh, do this and kind of explain it at the end too. Yeah, because all, yeah, all this time you're thinking that, oh God, Joker's going to get on Batman's buttons and maybe actually kills him. But it turns out, nope, Batman was one step ahead of him. Yeah, and that, yeah, that's pretty cool too, that that's kind of their, their thing. Their one is always kind of in front of the other and they're always going back and forth and who's, it's usually Batman. Because, you know, of course, you got to have him be the, the hero. But it was cool to see him actually use kind of a little more more of his cunning, which he always has to do with Joker. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. It's a little bit extreme, but, but luckily he didn't resort to killing anyone this time. Yeah. He didn't just go running in and shooting him. <laughs> what do you think of um, Harvey Harvey Bullock in this, in this short? Because he definitely had a little more more scenes in this film, I think, than any other stuff I've seen the character in. Um, the actor was really good. Matched it perfectly, a gruff detective. <laughs> he did a great job. I think, you know, he he's suited to, well to that role, and I think he did a good job. Yeah, because I think for the actor, that was uh, Michael Madsen, I think. Yeah, hmm. Michael, Michael Madsen, yeah that's, yeah, that's the guy that played uh, Bullock. So I'm trying to think of it. Because I know they kept popping up, but I don't know if I've seen anything noticeable for me, but I guess he's, I guess it was definitely a big turnaround that, that they are able to cast such noble a- actors like the like the guy you mentioned for for Gordon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, his name does sound familiar. I can't think of what, huh, but that's cool. Yeah, I mean, everybody did, you know, did a great job with it. I think it was uh, one of the, you know, better kind of fan films out there of course you know it's cool that you know you donated to it I didn't, didn't even know it was there until I watched it <laughs> yeah it's crazy they managed to raise like over uh, $60,000 to make this film man they can do that with 60000 imagine what they do with the Hollywood budget <laughs> I know because right now there's a petition to have uh, the director actually be involved in an official like um, like HBO Max or Warner Brothers kind of a DC prop property if given the opportunity well that'd be cool be good to see see some of these more like fans of these things have a little more in the the 
the bigger arena, I guess you can call it. Oh yeah, because if they manage to get Warner Bros. to officially have the star cut out, then then we the fans we can we can do anything if we put our minds to it. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. When you think about that, to go, like, oh, well, we were able to change the entire story of a, of a Justice League movie. That's pretty cool. Anyway, I think that's uh, I think that ends our time time for right now. So. Thank you for being on the guest for this podcast, Jordan. Oh, yeah. Thank you for, I guess, in a way, being a guest on mine. And I don't know how to how this is going to go. But, yeah, it, it, it's really cool to be on some talk with it about someone else, too. So thank you for having me. Thank you for asking me to, to discuss this with you. No problem. Always great to meet a fellow fan, a fellow fan of this of this franchise, franchise and such. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep. Well, I've uh, been looking forward to it to being, you know, more like this, uh, what we got with this movie. And I'm glad it it was more of what I was thinking for a Justice League movie. Definitely. And hopefully there'll be more to come in the future. Yes. Looking forward to it. Thank you again, man. Not a problem. And thanks to viewers for watching. And be sure to like and subscribe for more content. See ya. Alrighty, everybody. Hope you enjoyed that little talk I had with uh, Brian over on at uh, Star Labs Confidential. It was a lot of fun, a lot of way different than what I'm used to. <laughs> he saw I was a little bit nervous there, so it was kind of some awkward pauses and whatnot. But hey, that's that's the whole whole point is to kind of you know get used to things like that. And I hope to to be on more, and I hope to have him on mine. Uh, yeah, thanks for for listening. You can find uh, this podcast, Jordan Jane Buddies. On Instagram at Jordan J and Buddies, and uh, of course, uh, like and subscribe uh, the Star Labs Confidential uh, YouTube page. <laughs> Show them some love. <laughs> Thank you for for listening. Thank you for being supportive, and uh, we'll have another episode dedicated to the Snyder Cut here in here in a few days. <laughs>